Nation. Providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength, health and mindset, inside and out. With your hosts, Steve Katarzy and Bryn Jenkins. This was a fun episode. We get to speak about two very diverse but interconnected things. First, we talk about Bryn's experience going to Elliot Hulse's grounding camp. It's a bit of a woohoo, meditative two-day experience. I didn't really know that's what he was going to. I'm not sure he did too. But it's very interesting to talk about how Elliot has changed. Elliot is known for being quite a bro and an entertainer on YouTube over the years. And over the last couple of years, he's become very spiritual. And he's teaching that practice globally. So we get to hear firsthand experience of going to one of his grounding camps by Bryn. <laughs> Some of the awkward but liberating experiences in doing so. And then we pivot towards pain. So lots of people, young and old, experience aches and pains and niggles throughout their life. Whether it's a direct response to training their body or generally your body's hurting somewhere, whether it be your knees or your back or your hips. So we talk about pain. What is it? How to think about pain? How to consider diagnosing or searching for the root cause? And some corrective methodologies, should we say, in how to address pain long term. It's a liberating discussion because pain is not only solved via lots of medication and surgery. Much of the day-to-day -day pain that we suffer is controllable. And it's a direct result of chronic malfunction or tightness in your body that you can own and you can correct. And I sincerely hope you find this discussion informative. It piques your curiosity to go Google and search for more. And you get tools that you can implement as of today to get control of feeling good and ridding yourself of that pain. So have you heard of um, Grounding Camp with Elliot Hulse? Have you heard of like active meditation? Yeah, dynamic meditation. Um, I have no idea what this Grounding Camp is, but I've not? heard of okay. Elliot Hulse. I mean, yeah. he's, a, he's a superstar in the fitness space. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. No idea what it was. Tell me, man. Was it was it good? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I I was kind of new to it as well. Grounding camp, I was a bit. I kind of had an idea what it was. I knew what it was kind of. I kind of knew what it was about. But until I got there and actually experienced it, now I really understand what and why we were doing it. Um, so basically, it's all about sort of dynamic meditation, um, trying to ground yourself. So you're doing meditation through movement, breathing, dancing, mm. trying to basically get your sort of neurotic whole like holding patterns within the body where we don't breathe properly, where we have a lot of tension. You know, if if you know when you're angry or frustrated and you clench your jaw and your jaw over the years gets really tight yeah and you have like a lot of tension through the neck yeah michelle gets that yep through the jaw around the eyes um you can get from like shallow breathing you can get like a really tight sort of solar plexus mm -hmm. you can get um 
areas in sort of the base of your neck, like your traps around here can get really tight, your chest muscles. So this was all about breathing deep, or as Eddie Hulse would say, breathing into your balls. Um, <laughs> so deep breathing, trying to open up, you know, facial expressions, open up the throat, trying to open up the solar plexus, okay. your belly moving. Was it not like a two-day rah-rah session from Elliot Hulse? Was it all about meditating then? Pretty much. Well, oh, okay. Well, day one. So day one was actually a Yo Elliot event. So I don't know back in the day if you ever saw his Yo Elliot videos. I think I've caught a couple of them, but I didn't catch them back okay. then. I've yeah. just seen them recently. Well, that's originally how Elliot Hulse kind of, made his kind of fame fortune on youtube was through questions yo, right through questions yeah. yo elliot and he just kind of had this this way of answering questions and giving perspective um whether it was nutrition fitness sort of well-being training or just lifestyle um and just i don't know random questions about what should i do with morals you know? and yeah, ethics yeah, exactly. and all that kind of stuff yeah so that's kind of how he got big so i think he stopped that in the last sort of few years but then he thought well, it's got very serious yeah, he's Recently. very serious, very yeah, yeah. spiritual. Um, but then he was like, you know what? I'm going to go on tour and I'm going to do a Yo Elliot and then I'm going to do the second day as a grounding camp, which will be the meditation. Okay. Did you go to the first day? Yeah, I went to the first day. Okay. So it was in a com in the comedy club in uh, Leicester Square in London. Okay. And um, it's quite intimate. It's probably about 50 people. He sits on stage. He's got his camera crew there and spotlights on him. And then there's a chair opposite him, which is a hot seat. And if you have a question, you basically go up and ask him a question. You sit on stage with him. Oh, so it wasn't him reading stuff of no, YouTube, people no. coming and asking yeah, it was us, face to face questions. Exactly. Okay, so there's cool. a lot sitting there. We go up and ask him questions. Nice. So you know, some some were really deep questions. Some were like, you know, um, you know, this happened to my parents when I was younger and and now I find myself angry all the time and I don't know why. Shrink I can't stuff, figure basically. Yeah, and he would basically <laughs> kind of try and strip it down and under get them to understand it. So there's deep questions like that, but there's also questions about training. There was questions about business, questions about, you know, personal development, like whether it be confidence or things like that. So it was kind of okay. Kind of like random was it, questions. Was it good? Really. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, I did enjoy it. I I enjoyed the active meditation more the next day because oh, really? that was something new for you. Something new for me, and it was it was something I've never done before because screaming at the top of your lungs or jumping up and down or dancing in a room full of other people is something I've not done before. Not let go to that degree yeah. before. It's it felt very odd. Um, but that's basically what it is. It's trying to get your body to let go of its ego because your ego is what holds, you know, you, you shallow breathe, you tense up. You know, when you're around someone that you, they, they almost feel like they're superior to you, you kind of, you hold your breath, you, you tense up a little bit, you're a bit more, you're not relaxed as you should mm -hmm. be. And that's because of the ego is kind of like, holding your tension in, in your body and he's saying basically if you're doing this and he's like throwing his face about and he's screaming and banging his chest he's like the ego can't exist whilst you're doing this because the ego just can't exist like you can't have an ego and do that and he's like you I'm can't just... look like a dick yeah, and have an ego exactly. basically so he's yeah. like like just trying to strip us down yeah strip us down so that we must get have been our... hard for you man because yeah, you, was, you yeah. do you do put up a little bit of a wall right yeah, and, yeah, and I, I, think... I do i think i do find there's a level of self-consciousness that you have. Yeah. Not majorly, but, you know, you do. 
I think you're aware of how other people see you. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think. I think. So how how was that? Do. I mean, did, did you feel like what is this weird shit to begin with? Uh, no, I I was quite open to it. I was. You were quite okay. Quite, I knew what to expect, and I think there was other people there that. Didn't. I looked around and I could just, they just froze. They were like, I can't do this. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm here, I paid for it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do it and I'm just going to let go because everyone else is. So I think it helps when everyone else is doing it as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was it was difficult to to let go and, and just look like a dick. But I... Who cares? Who cares? Do you know what I mean? Who everyone cares? Else is doing Especially no one... In, that, in room. that room cares no. how you look. It's, if anything, they care too much about how they look. Yeah, exactly. Everyone yeah. cares about what's happening with them. And that's yeah. kind of what Elliot's saying. He says, you will catch yourself. He says, you'll be doing it. And then you will suddenly have a vision outside of yourself, looking at yourself going, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, like, this, you'll catch this, yourself. Everyone you'll catch yourself. Yeah. And he says, you've got to let it be. He says, don't judge it. Just don't judge it. It is what it is. And carry on. Because some of these... So kind of let me let me explain a little bit more about the meditation. So we'd start off and there'd be in different parts. There were different ways of meditating. So he talks a lot about, which I, this is the stuff that I didn't really get to begin with. I think it's the king, the warrior, the magician and the lover. And it's all about kind of different parts of our personalities. You've got the, the king, the kind of like the leader, um, more in your head. And then you've got the warrior, more like jumping up and down, feeling your body. Then you've got the magician. Um, can't really remember what that was about. But then you've got the lover, which was more like letting go, trying to open up. Okay. And it's different parts of our kind of like our ego and then our characteristic types, our archetype. So um, he was kind of running through different stages of meditation throughout the day. And the warrior one was quite a good one. So he was trying to get us into like you spoken about the flow state. So he he got us for 10 minutes running on the spot with our knees high, just staring at a spot. And he said, you'll get tired. You want to stop. But just don't take your eyes off of that spot for 10 minutes. Just stare at it and run on the spot. And you kind of think, well, it's a bit of a pointless kind of exercise, but you don't ever get into that state like actively like sometimes we'll be out for a run and you get halfway through the run you suddenly go bang and focus like you're just staring and you're just running and you're like you know when you get a feeling when you're like, i could just keep going like i could go for mm -hmm. hours like this that's kind of the state that he was trying to get us to put ourselves into in this really focused state tunnel vision tunnel vision yeah. and to the point where you almost forget what your body's doing and by the end of the 10 minutes you almost forget that you're running like 10 minutes of running on a spot ain't easy it, it's very hard my calves yeah. were killing me for about a week <laughs> yeah, because imagine. obviously you're on your toes yeah. and but towards the end of the 10, 10 minutes i almost forgot about my body and i was just so kind of deep in focus okay um so things like that are interesting did you did you feel that he knew what he was talking about yeah it, a lot of it is i think it's a guy called Oso Oso meditation i I should have really looked more into it afterwards, um, but I haven't. But I mean, there's, there's. He's research. not making this stuff up. Yeah, he's he's, he's learned some things from other people, and he's passing yeah. that wisdom on. Basically, for the most yeah, part. it's yeah, okay. it's not made up by Elliot Hulse. What okay. I'm trying to say, yeah, it's yeah. it's already been done, and Elliot Hulse has picked up the techniques, and now he's using it with us because he's seen the benefit of it. And what what was his 
you know, whether it be the the pre-show sales pitch or in the moment, what was he what was he offering in terms of an outcome from this practice? What was he hoping that this would enable you to achieve or or how it could transcend through just meditating and the promise of this kind of meditation to your life outside of that day how was he kind of pitching it like get this get your shit together around meditating mm-hmm. like this and your life will be it so basically he's trying to get you away a lot of it was getting you away from your ego so stripping you down getting you away from your ego so you don't act out of your ego you act out of he's kept saying sort of more spiritually you're you're kind of you're reacting in a way that you want to react and not because of like your surroundings or the way you think you should react because you're you're grounded right you're okay you're not you're not high in the sky um and he talks about some of his old videos and if you go back to about 2008 or so on his his videos so about 10 years ago on youtube he's got a completely different voice and tone energy level and he said before active meditation he was very ungrounded his all his energy was in his head so he was very high pitched he was very excitable he was very quick he was very uh very chaotic all the time very um fight or flight mode all the time in a stress stress state which obviously can be quite uh detrimental to your health longer term but entertaining but entertaining (laughs) but now when you watch his videos he's got a deep voice he's grounded he's slower he chooses but less entertaining but less entertaining do you Uh, you, you know what i mean well it definitely has a an aura that i don't know i don't watch a lot of this stuff mm -hmm. but the difference is fairly dramatic i know exactly the change you're talking about but i almost feel that people aren't ready for that level of serious seriousness he's got he's got very serious his mm-hmm. face it looks very serious in almost all of his photos mm-hmm. but that's not really selling it to me like i kind of mm. want to see a bit more energy and I, I did like the kind of entertainment oh i get what you're saying do you know yeah. what i mean i'm not saying he's not in a good place and as a result yeah. i should listen to him and see how i can learn but that kind of seriousness vibe that he's got mm. going on i don't know for me just feels maybe a, a step too far for me right now yeah, I, I, no, I get what you're saying because there's there was three stages I've seen Elliot Hulse. So, so back in like 2008 and before then, he was very squeaky, high pitched, and his videos weren't very good quality. And he was just him in his sort of Raw, small gym, edgy. Yeah, but it wasn't very good. Like it was, it was. But then he went into sort of the Yo Elliot phase, where that's when he smashed out loads of videos, and mm-hmm. he was like, he was Beast mode. more energetic. Yeah. He was more I found charismatic. He was more, yeah, he had more energy and more vibrancy about him. More of a warrior. And it was a bit more warrior. And yeah. that's kind of what he says. He was a bit more warrior that he was in attack mode because he had to be because he was yeah. his business and those were his building years. And th- this was when he was like doing workout videos and he's like, you know, he's yeah, like throwing the weights and oh, yeah. I love that. Like, they're yeah. so cool. Um, but now he's much more calm on a level and he controls his energy. Not as entertaining on his videos and i see exactly what you're saying it's not for the viewers it's not quite as uh, it doesn't feel as raw it almost feels like he's too controlled and almost not pretentious or um undermining but when someone is at a when someone's just having mm. raw entertainment value you just go this guy's a joker or they're, they're doing it for 
the views or the likes and you could just go i'm, I'm looking at it as that as entertainment yeah. i'm not necessarily judging i'm more just going mm -hmm. are you making me laugh yeah are you entertaining me but in when when people are really serious and trying to offer really serious kind of message and there isn't yeah. any banter and there isn't any kind of you know softness and just like jokes it can lead to a sense of being talked down to right a mm. sense of teacher and student and not everyone likes that not everyone likes the idea that you're at a higher place than me you've you've resolved things that i haven't and you know we're in different worlds mm. i just want light entertainment and you're trying to talk super serious yeah you know morals god you know religion ethics and maybe i'm not there mm -hmm. and his personal rebranding and transformation must be hard for you know because there must have been a lot of people that switch off because they're still wanting the same old quick snackable entertainment versus the depth yeah. and seriousness that he offers now which for the right people is going to be bang on mm -hmm. i don't know i i, I don't for, consume enough of his content and feel me, like i'm a i'm, I'm a credible no i, at I, this, I but think do you know what i'm saying no no i i get 100 what you're saying because i don't watch his stuff as much because it's not entertaining Right. Okay. I used to love his videos, and actually, a lot what he, a lot what he used to say in his videos were very practical guidance and tips on on things that were relevant to me. Yeah. And that's why it appealed to me so much yes. as a young man. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Now it's not so relevant to me. And and I didn't do this workshop because I wanted to necessarily do the meditation stuff. I thought it's good; it'll get me out myself. It's a tool. But I was like, actually, you know what? I just I've been a big fan of Elliot Hulse. I I want to get him. submersed in yeah. him and the people around him and who else has been helped by him on yeah. the journey. Yeah. And throw myself into it. So there's a few things there, but it wasn't necessarily I want to do it because I think I want to be spiritual and have this got it. This this way about you're me almost now. like you you're you're a loyal fan. Yeah. And he was in town and yeah you were curious as yeah. to one seeing him live yeah. as well as perhaps seeing if this this yeah. new technique type stuff could help you but tell me then does has do you think it do you think it'll make a long-term difference or was this a short-term you know it, interesting thing that you probably won't carry on i'm just trying to sense like how much of this is a practice you think you can own going forward right here right now tomorrow next week next month I don't think it I didn't I didn't do it walking away going, Oh my god, my mind's blown. This is gonna be life changing for me. Okay. It was more, okay, cool, this is a tool that I can now use moving forwards. Okay. Um if I find myself in a situation where I feel I'm getting tense, things like that. I'm not I'm not gonna start jumping up and down, beating my chest in the middle of the room. But <laughs> like I could see where before I'm going to an event, say I'm gonna do like public speaking, I could do some of the um dynamic meditation beforehand oh, okay. and i would probably feel much more fluid and in yes. that and that focus state so i think longer term it's a tool that i could potentially use and also look back on as an experience so going less of a daily practice more you yeah. know a couple of tools you can use in certain situations yeah because i okay. I, I it's it's opened my eyes a little bit to how we are spiritual beings but it's not made me a spiritual person mm. um i'm just not 
that way inclined like well, not there when yet it, not there yet yeah. <laughs> and i just i just think yeah there is a part of that and i believe it and and i don't i don't think no like that's just weird like i do go yeah i am a bit hippie like that and i do i'm deep thinker and i'll think about these things but at the same time i also think is it practical and that's mm. where i actually probably would have liked to have done this and met elliot five years ago because i think he was more of that practical less spiritual he was still talking about this stuff but not to the degree he is now so let me use an example of the first day when he was doing yo elliot people would ask him questions and all of his answers would come down to the spiritual side and i'm like i want something just meditate man well well (laughs) there was a question that one guy asked he was clearly he was he was an ectomorph so skinny limbs naturally but then on top of that, he was a very skinny guy as well. He had like not much muscle mass. Like he was, he was skin and bone, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you could see that he probably could do with a bit of strength training, eating a bit more, and kind of putting on a little bit, little bit of mass just to kind yep. of strengthen his frame. And he went up and asked, and spoke to Elliot, and he was saying, you know, my knees hurt when I do that. He does martial arts, and he's like, you know, sometimes my knee hurts, and they they collapse in and stuff like this. And Elliot was going about talking about you need to bring skinnier ectomorph type type of people tend to have their energy within more in their central nervous system and less on the peripheral kind of the limbs. And and he said Elliot is a very is the opposite. It's it's about your character type or something. So now you're losing do, me, man. I, 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 so someone like and like probably Elliot, everyone else. <laughs> yeah. So like Elliot, he's he's a he's a bigger guy, right? He's a bigger yeah. body build. He's got a lot more. His muscle. energy is almost His external. Energy's external. Yeah. Whereas someone that's skinnier, he's saying, basically, you're more internal. You're more of a thinker. You're a bit quieter, a bit more reserved. Not necessarily. Yeah. But, that, well, that's yeah. the thing, right? And they're saying your energy's in here, and you need to be do a bit of tai chi to kind of bring your energy out. <laughs> and I was I was a bit like. You know, I would have preferred it five years ago and you would have said, you know, you need to eat more calories and pick up some weights, you know, because you've probably got knee valgus, your knees kicking in and then you're... You could have been practical where he's trying to say, well, let's let's (laughs) jump fast forward 10 years and let's get to your spirit, spirit, you know, awakening. Now, I, I think personally, you know, I think everyone at some point in their life will both get interested and perhaps experience mm-hmm. what it feels like to be a little bit more spiritual a little bit more connected with uh, themselves and maybe a higher purpose you know beyond just the yeah. logic and science of the world right mm-hmm. but you can't force that right you're going to get there when you're ready like when yeah. when you feel that you're ready to let go of the practical logical stressy part of life and you you want to explore yourself right whether it's taking oh, yeah. mushrooms or you know going to see a shaman or you know going walking up machu picchu i mean that seems to be very popular and people yeah. younger and younger are doing that to kind of find themselves mm-hmm. and get into all these kind of spiritual places mm-hmm. but i think it's quite often reserved for people with money or people in certain locations in the world where yeah. there's hype um and you need people around you to guide you because you know, playing with kind of spiritual medicinal stuff can be yeah. very dangerous. So I don't know, it feels like you kind of need to be ready, right place, right time yeah. to want to explore spirit. And I mean, and otherwise, it's like, I hear you, but I've got shit to do. Yeah, that I kind of, I, I, to be fair, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head because I think that's where I was at, actually, because <laughs> there was one, one part where he said, basically, for 10 minutes, you're going to be 
just let it all out. Let it go. Like you're going to, you're going to be just doing stuff to music. You're going to dance. You're going to just like no one's in the room, just going to move, do what your body feels like, but don't judge it. Just, just whatever happens. And then after I would that, love to have seen that, yeah. And then <laughs> after that, he was like, let it all out. Like let it all out. Whatever emotion comes out with you, laugh, you cry. That's a bit I found hard. That's where I kind of froze a little bit. I was like, mm, I can't, I don't, nothing's coming out kind of thing. And there were some guys there that, and these are like some guys, like big rugby guys. Like I'm talking about in their twenties, maybe early thirties. And they're big guys breaking down in tears. Wow. Some were screaming out, some were like laughing and these emotions that were kind of being dug up and being brought out. Like he said, if you're laughing, you're probably not allowing enough joy in your life. And, and it's, it's there and you're not, you don't allow it to come out. And when I really strip you back, then it comes out when you really, really dig deep. Some people, there's a lot of emotional distress in the body and that's why you come out crying. But I was like, kind of like saying, I hear you. You're dead but inside. I'm dead inside, obviously. <laughs> I mean, there's no emotion in me. <laughs> I did think that. I was like, maybe I just have no emotion because I don't know. It just, yeah. Some, just wasn't coming to you. It just wasn't coming to me. And, and I, I, I find I them know. like that too, right? You can catch me. Like I've been on these Tony Robbins things and it, whilst it's not the same, mm -hmm. he does try and, you know, stir up some emotion. Yeah. And there was, you know, I've been to his, his things a couple of times now, two, uh, three day events, like full on. And, you know, a couple of moments through those two events, I might have felt myself either welling up or, you know, really feeling emotional, connecting with the message or whatever. But for most of it, like, and You're people pretty... are wallowing and screaming and this, that, and the other, I'm like, yeah, not yeah. really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. Kind of, yeah. It, it does seem a bit like that. Like, it just... Almost a bit dramatic. A bit dramatic. Yeah. yeah. And I was a bit like, well... For, for, for the sake of it, yeah. almost, you know? More, more than anything, I mean, I, I've i got a lot of respect for Elliot as well, by the way. Like, I, I'm a big fan of Elliot, but there was... Same. I mean, for me, it was just, yeah, I mean, for the most part, I was just sitting there going, my back hurts because <laughs> I'm on a hard floor. <laughs> there was one point in the end where I had to do... Uh, you had to do meditation for half an hour, for an hour, actually. You're Bloody sitting on hell. the hard floor for an hour. So half an hour of it is doing, you're just kind of quiet, legs crossed, you're kind of meditating. And then 15 minutes, you're kind of doing certain movements with your arms and stuff. And then you're where you're like trying to get your energy out to the world. And then 15 minutes of trying to move in circles and move the Sounds energy back so in, right? Yeah, and I, I'm sitting next to Brian Rose at this point on London Real. Cool. Sitting, like, it, me and him, like, I can feel the hairs, the hairs on his knees tickling mine. <laughs> That's how close I was. Nice. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that was like an hour and all I could think is my back fucking aches, like, because this is a hard floor and <laughs> I don't know, I always, I'm, I just struggle to sit in one place for like 10 minutes, not alone an hour, like my legs crossed. So, yeah, it's, it sounds interesting. It was an experience. Man. I did enjoy it. But maybe, maybe the benefit kind of will present itself later in life, right? You, yeah, you've you've now I think so. been enabled and mm -hmm. educated around some cool cool stuff. Yeah, but you've got a lot of shit to do, right? Mm -hmm. It's a busy year. You've got a lot of things yeah. in your head. There's a lot of actions to take. You're still a very practical and very logical person. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you do have an ego, right? You do, right? Not egotistical, but no, you have an ego. Everyone has one, yeah. Uh, and you haven't let go of that yet. So maybe fast forward 5, 10, 15 years, some point, maybe some of the lessons you've learned mm -hmm. are going to, you know, 
come to the surface and it's all going to make sense and you're going to be in a better place to accept it and yeah. do something with it. But if you're not in that right place, I don't think there's any judgment that can put, be put mm. upon you. You're just not there. It's yeah. just you've got stuff to do. And the, I wouldn't I wouldn't take anything away from the experience because you're more educated in this space mm. than I as a result. And I think more more knowledge, more wisdom, the better. Yeah. Uh, and especially when it comes to things about calming you down, you know, loving yourself, yeah. caring for yourself, because I, I don't think as a society we do enough of that. Yeah. And that's exactly what we've done. You have two days yeah. to care for you, invest in you, yeah. uh, and not just your muscles and your nutrition and your your health status, but, mm -hmm. you know, your inner being. I yeah. think that was great. Yeah. Well, well done for spending the money, man, because it wasn't cheap either. No, it wasn't cheap. And I thought, you know what? Like, I don't know if this is for me or not, but I'm going to give it a go. It's going to be an experience. And you just got to do these things, you know? Yeah. And that's how you know. So good on you, man. Good yeah. on you. Adaptation. You spoke about this ectomorph that had um, sore knees and was hurting here yep. and everywhere. I think it's a great segue. Yes, yeah, I think so. <laughs> and, me sit, and me sitting on the floor with back pain. There we go. Yeah. Perfectly cued. <laughs> Perfectly cued. So we wanted to have a chat. Yeah. Getting back to the logical real world. Right, yeah. <laughs> the real application of exercise and movement. Um, we wanted to talk about general aches and pains. Mm -hmm. uh, most commonly, you know, when people report having sore knees or a bad back or perhaps, you know, painful hips. Mm -hmm. And just to kind of unpack that a little bit and give people maybe just some ideas as to why they might be experiencing pain um, and talking at kind of high level terms, how you might think about addressing it or at least researching how you might address these things. I thought that'd be great because I think yeah. everyone through some point in their life goes through bouts of pain and you could be young mm -hmm. and you can be old, right? Yeah. You know, pain can hit you at any point. And it really comes down to a level of dysfunction that's caused it. So why don't we, why don't we touch on that? If you're cool with yep. that, yep. why don't we start at the top and maybe try and explain what is pain and what is the message it's trying to give us when it mm. comes to physical muscular pain? Yeah. So pain is like, the way I see it is like the warning light coming on in your car. And it's kind of warning you before something happens. So if you've got the oil light coming on your car, it's telling you your oil's low and that if you don't do something about it, then something's probably going to go wrong. Something's mm -hmm. probably going to happen to the car if you do not top your oil up, right? Um, and I feel that pain is a signal, like on your dashboard, telling you that something's wrong within the body. There's a dysfunction there for whatever reason that's creating, and, then, and there's pain is being created to give you awareness that there's something that's not right and you're putting stress on a certain body part and if we continue down this route something will probably happen whether we tear a crucial ligament or whether we um just you know end up just putting our joints out so that's the way i see it in simple terms now yes that pain is a little bit more complicated than that because sometimes we can get pain when there's not actually anything wrong and actually, like I said, it comes before there's a problem. So sometimes people think it's painful, therefore there's something broken. We actually know sometimes pain, like I said, can just be a signal. But also sometimes if you've had uh, like an accident in the past and you hurt your knee, 
you're going to be more sensitive. You're going to have memory. Yeah, it's almost like phantom pain down the line. So pain can also have not always be kind of telling you that something's about to go wrong. So I don't want people going, holy shit, I've got pain. I'm about to injure myself. But it is bringing awareness usually to a place where there's dysfunction. I think that's well put. It, it is, if I'm just to kind of repeat that back, what I'm hearing is pain is a, a signal requesting you to take action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty to much. do something about the dysfunction in your body. Mm-hmm. However, it can be cryptic. Well, if you think it, that the pain isn't always very descriptive, like this pain means do this. Yeah. Or it or even the pain is relevant to the area you're feeling it. It might not be, right? Yeah. But it you're saying almost always pain is a signal asking yeah. you to take action because you've allowed for some dysfunction in your body. Yeah. Because sometimes you can have pain when there's not anything wrong. So that's what I'm, the message I'm trying to say is that sometimes I'll be pain. I'm like, I'll have to sometimes say to clients, like, don't worry. Like, like it doesn't necessarily mean that you're broken. Like, have you ever touched um, something that you thought was hot, but it's cold and you go, ah! yeah. and you think you thought it hurt and you said, ow, and you reacted you as if it hurt. You anticipated the pain. You anticipated the yeah. pain. You almost felt the pain. You almost felt like that cold was yeah, hot. Yeah, that's, that's um, interesting. Because you're, you're now sensitive to that because you, you, you saw a spoon and it just come out of water and you thought it was hot water and you mm-hmm. went out, right? So that's where sometimes I'm like, actually, that it's not going to burn you. Your skin is okay, although you still had pain. So yeah. that's where that misconception okay. So there's a bit of a pain. psychological, your brain's playing with you a little bit as well based on yeah. prior experiences or what you uh, think of your body, right? Yeah. So if you think your body can't move, then you've got a kind of self-limiter that might express itself as yeah. pain. But it might not be actual pain because there's, yeah. you know, the muscles are in disrepair or the yeah. joints are falling apart. It could be that a little bit more psychological. Yeah, that's because kind of when, that. yeah, exactly. Okay. Because if you get someone wherever that, say, their lower back is in pain, you get them moving, then, then, and slowly, and you build up more movement over time, suddenly they start to go, ah, oh, actually, it doesn't hurt. Oh, that doesn't hurt anymore. And then you can get into full range and they're like, oh, I, it's fine. I thought that would hurt. But it doesn't. But in that case, I would I, I would argue that the the pain was still a signal to act. Yes. Well, uh, it, you, you needed to get them moving and feeling comfortable moving again. It depends. It depends which order it's in. That's where pain is a little bit more not as straightforward. So there can be someone that might flex. They might say, like a doctor said, basically don't flex your spine. Don't don't lean forwards round don't your, hinge your round your back yeah. don't touch your toes so therefore then they have this association of pain with doing that that's a bad thing to do and now they almost feel like they have they have pain when they do it but then uh, when i went to workshop and there, there was this guy and he was talking and he he specialized in pain management and he was telling us a story where a doctor had told one of his clients not to touch their toes because it's going to be really bad for her. And, da, 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 da. and she had lots of pain. She was like, I can't, it's too painful. So he said, okay, that's fine. Anyway, I'll get you lying on the floor. Could you just curl up to a ball for me? So she got on the floor, curled up to a ball. And he goes, you do realize you've just flexed your spine and there's no pain there. She was like, oh, yeah. He was like, the doctor told you you can't flex your spine. She was like, oh. So he's like, stand up, try flexing the spine. She did it. She's like, oh, I haven't got any pain. So sometimes there's a little bit. It can be a perception thing. can be perception, yeah. a little bit Understood. of confusion. Um, so then sometimes it's like, well, is there actually something wrong? Um, but yeah, what I would say though, is that yes, most of the time 
if there's something and there's pain it keeps coming back to that area there's probably something we need to to address or look at there but we need to make sure that it's not just almost like a perception and you you know you are you are an authority in this space given all the work you do which a lot of it is rehab based yeah so in your practice in your experience mm -hmm. before we get into you know some tips or ideas around knee pain and back pain etc holistically at a higher level mm -hmm. what are the most common culprits for pain for example uh tightness or mm -hmm. imbalances or inflammation talk me through in your opinion what are the most common generic causes for why someone might be experiencing pain in their body i personally would say stress on a specific body part like a joint is probably the number one reason i see pain in what some, does that what does so, that mean stress on a so joint? if your knee's hurting quite often it is not there's nothing wrong with the knee i i i can almost fix someone's knee pain in a session not not forever but like they'll have to come back and work on it and things like that but we can alleviate, alleviate. at least yeah. alleviate that knee pain through releasing some tension in and around the the knee joint okay because there's tight muscles that can be pulling the kneecap or um creating an, an imbalance in the knee okay so we correct that and we kind of loosen off we increase the range of motion in the joints above and below the knee so the ankle and the hip so suddenly when you're walking you've now got more range of motion in your ankle and your hip which means that there's less stress on the knee because if you haven't got the correct range of motion say in your ankle and every time you take a step you're still walking so where's that movement going when it's going into another joint if right your ankle's not understood doing it. so then there's more stress on your knee than there should be okay yeah okay so then if i get their ankle moving well suddenly their knee doesn't have as much pressure so that for me is probably one of the number one things i see is that there's just too much pressure on a specific joint so when you say stress or pressure are we really talking about tightness then on you know the upstream or downstream muscles that are attached to that you know that part of the body that that joint I yeah mean, in, in the example of the knee i'm kind of i think that's what you're saying right mm -hmm. that you know all the muscles that lead up from the knee to the hip or all the yeah. muscles that lead from the knee down to the ankle mm -hmm. one or some of those are pulling too tightly yes and no, no? so yes okay. no yes yeah so that's right but then also it could be like i said so there'll be tightness that'll be pulling but then which can be causing kind of a direct knee pain but also what will also be causing knee pain is the fact that you're not moving correctly because of the, the tightness in the hip or the ankle or both okay so, so the tightness might lead to kind of funk dysfunction in your, in your mechanics yes and exactly. then it's the mechanics that are exacerbating the problem yeah exactly the okay. mechanics are putting too much stress your biomechanics is now off and you're now putting too much stress on a joint yeah that makes so that, sense that's where a lot of people when they come in they say i have let's say knee pain because that's what we're starting with let's say knee pain they'll say i've got knee pain and i'll say okay let's have a look have you have you done anything have you change direction quickly playing hockey or something like that or have you been in a car crash or something has there been somewhere that you've actually damaged it and they say no it's just it just come on over time and whenever mm -hmm. i walk it it starts to hurt so then that goes okay well you haven't actually damaged your knee let's have a look then every time you walk it hurts so it's more like a repetitive strain injury 
what is that repetitive strain injury? Look at their hip and their ankle. Most likely one of those two joints, or if not both, aren't moving as well as they should be, okay. causing tight muscles and too much pressure on the knee. So then I obviously work, okay. like I said, kind of release the muscles around the knee and then get their ankles moving well, get hips moving well. Slowly that knee is free to move how it should be. Okay, so the stress the, uh, and pressure on a, on a joint, what I'm hearing isn't there. One thing isn't necessarily the source, but mm -hmm. they're all causing and influencing each other. Yeah. That, you know, make, you, you kind of go down this kind of like, downward spiral mm -hmm. of degradation and dysfunction right so yeah. maybe it started with a muscle imbalance maybe mm -hmm. yeah. your pecs are both stronger and tighter than your back mm -hmm. maybe it's misalignment issues in terms of how you move properly yeah. or posture mm -hmm. maybe it's general tightness that yeah. hasn't been kind of worked through um, but those things can lead to the pain and the pain may be inflammation. Yep. And now the inflammation is causing you to move funny. Yeah. So the more inflamed your, you know, your ligament behind your kneecap is, the more likely when you try and do a squat or a lunge, you're going to compensate, yeah. move differently. And that's going to further exacerbate both the dysfunction and the pain. Yeah. And it's this this kind of like circle, right? This yeah. vicious circle of these things following each other and get yeah. worse and worse through time. Is that is that fair? Yeah. Well, I would uh, no, I would agree because what what you what I tend to see is a big the source of a lot of people's pain, and, I'm, and I don't want to diagnose anyone or anything like this because some people obviously do have specific ailments, but a lot of people that I see will the source of their pain is coming from a muscular imbalance, just like you said there, which then causes inflammation in the joint and then you end up compensating and then you end up chasing pain around the body. Yeah. But what's actually happened is that, let's say you sit at a desk all day and you're slightly twisted to the right with your arm on the mouse and the keyboard and you've got this shoulder internally rotated, right? And you're now your pec muscles are working, your chest muscles, or the anterior side of your body is working really hard because they're just shortened all day. They're just short. And shortened and slightly contracted, contracted through the movement exactly. you're doing. Okay. Back muscles on that right side are stretched. They're not contracted, so they get long and weak. Okay. So there's obviously now an imbalance there, right? And then your left and right would be different because your right is on the mouse and it's typing. You're on the phone. You're reading the left books. might not be doing so much. Left one might be in a better position because it's just yeah. kind of being held there, right? So you've now got this imbalance. But then what that means is that your shoulder, because this imbalance doesn't work as well as it should, because it's not working as well as it should and isn't as mobile as it could be, you now have elbow pain because you go and play tennis on the weekend and you're hitting a tennis racket. And because you're trying to get your arm over your head and hit the tennis ball, but your shoulder can't do that movement. So where does that right. movement There's go? There's some dysfunction in the shoulder. So yeah. you're going to get it in the, in the elbow, in the elbow right? Right? Exactly. Okay. So then a lot of people will be looking at the elbow and they'll be manipulating the elbow and they've got these straps on and, you know. But you might need to start yeah. upstream. And sometimes okay. I'll just give perspective on the mechanics of that limb and I'll say, That's look, let's have a look and go, okay, well, let's get your shoulder moving well. And I have to sometimes sell it to people because they're like, no, 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 no. The pain is in my elbow. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. I know. I get that. <laughs> but it, that that's where the pain is. But that's not necessarily the source the of it. The root cause. Yeah. We'll get their shoulder moving well. And then suddenly they, they, their arm come all the way back. They hit a tennis racket. 
bam, suddenly they're like, oh, actually, my elbow doesn't Take the pressure out and enable the movement to happen naturally. Yeah. And the the inflammation will subside. Mm -hmm. Because there is inflammation as well, right? So if... You can cause inflammation, yeah. If a joint is malfunctioning, moving in a way it shouldn't do, let's, let's take the knees again, right? I've had this. If your if your knees are not tracking as they should, or mm-hmm. you've got tightness in your quads, forcing the patella to move kind of laterally as yeah. opposed to up and down, as a chance mm-hmm. that you're going to create some tenderness and inflammation of the surrounding ligament or yeah. the, the ligament underneath the patella. Mm-hmm. In doing so, there's, there is acute pain. You yeah. feel the pain. It's not just a movement pain. It's a pain, a sensation yeah. that might stay with you for the day. Yeah, uh, It's not just when you move. But it is exacerbated when you move through range. Yes, and that's definitely exactly. that's my experience. So, if so you, you're saying in that in that instance there is inflammation, there is acute local pain. Yeah, but the local pain isn't because you've got a messed up knee and you've got to go have knee surgery. Yeah, it's m- perhaps more likely yeah. that it's your movement and mm-hmm. pa- some tightness or dysfunction up or downstream that's caused the movement to create wonky knee. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and a wonky knee's basically rubbed on the tendons and the ligaments yep. and they've now inflamed exactly Fair? yeah because yeah exactly if you think okay my you so basically you were saying you you had right a muscular imbalance which was causing the the tracking of your knee to be off your kneecap wasn't tracking how it should be because of that muscular imbalance so you go okay well you got a muscular imbalance but why have you got muscular imbalance because i'm walking a certain way or squatting a certain way Okay, so why are you walking a certain way, or why are you squatting a certain way? It's because I'm oh, sitting because down you got all tight, day. Because you, yeah, because you're sitting down all <laughs> yeah. day, and you got a tight right ankle. Yeah. Ah, okay, okay. Right, that makes sense. Now you've got a tight right ankle, which has now made you move this way, which has developed this part of your body, which is now pulling your knee, and now you've got knee pain. So if I start trying to mobilize your ankle, you're going, what the hell, why are you, why are you looking at ankle mobility? But then you go, well, that's actually because that's what's, causing mm. the knee pain and then we got to correct the muscular imbalance but it's not always immediately obvious like you can't yeah. diagnose someone over the phone necessarily no you might you might get lucky but mm-hmm. you kind of need to see the body in yeah, motion definitely ask some questions get a sense of feedback in terms of movement and yeah. then start to build up a hypothesis of where perhaps the yeah. tightness or dysfunction is coming from is that fair yeah yeah it's massively. not straightforward even though it is straightforward no, in your mind you need to it sounds need to see straightforward. It and work with it. exactly well th- this is where then i would have set certain tools in the toolbox i exercises that i can run people through and assess them almost like biomechanically so i can then look at their movement and see where they're deficient in movement okay and where there's an imbalance muscular imbalance where are they strong where are they weak where can they move? Where can't they move? So where they're weak, I'll strengthen. Where they're uh, immobile and tight, I will get it mobile and so it can move and it's not tight. That's that's. They're really, the two fundamental things you're yeah, working on. Exactly. And nine times out of ten, you correct they the improve. imbalance. Yeah. So it's um, crazy, isn't it? When exactly. you think about that, because people think I've got knee pain, I've got back pain, I've got you know a lot of people suffer with knee, you know back pain because perhaps they're overweight with chronically sitting and standing in the wrong way and you've just created both pressure and poor mechanics and poor static long positions of holding things in the wrong place yeah you've caused pain Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you need to have back surgery yeah i mean i wonder if we knew what we know now and there was a body of good physiotherapists that Mm -hmm. kind of existed all all up and down the healthcare system Mm -hmm. 
if we would have as many knee replacements and you know kind of back surgeries mm. as we need of course if there's acute damage or if like you're ronnie coleman and you've been yeah. pulling a thousand pounds all, all your life you're gonna yeah. have herniated discs and you are gonna have problems yeah but for a lot of people they're just suffering with so much dysfunction through poor mechanics mm -hmm. poor posture poor seating yeah. tightness which is just causing lots of problems yeah I'd, i wouldn't categorically because i'm not a surgeon and i'm not a doctor be able to make that statement but it feels like mm. based on your experience and what people say generally is a lot of these issues can be resolved with a good strength yeah. program and a good mobility program generally yeah, yeah. oh massively there's there's a few people that i've seen and i've gone i don't think you need surgery like they're like talking about knee surgery and i'm like well let's do this and have a look and and, and then we'll see and then they're fine mm. and they go oh holy crap and sometimes you need surgery you know if you've twisted your knee playing hockey or well, football or whatever if you've and, torn and you've torn your meniscus or yeah. something like that then okay some people can live with it so actually sometimes some people have a torn meniscus and i say well well let's okay you've got a torn meniscus right but let's still see if we can live with that if we strengthen your leg muscles so you have less pressure on you, get your hips and your ankles moving well and just make sure there's no muscular imbalance okay how do you feel now yeah good i can live with that cool i'll get no pain every now and then if i like do something stupid like try and twist so you're saying and you can your... you can you can enable people to tolerate some brokenness like yeah. permanent brokenness yeah if you strengthen and, and educate them thing, on yeah. how to move with that yeah with that thing that's kind of the thing is broke. most of us have this 19 no i can't remember what the statistics is but nearly all of us have disc issues we just don't know slight about bulging. it yeah well slight um yeah i mean uh, when you have less dysfunction in the body and you're strong you just won't you don't notice it as much but we all you know have injured ourselves and twisted how we shouldn't or fallen off of something and then sat bad posture but then the stronger you are the more resilient you are the less this yeah. dysfunction shows up the less the less dysfunctional you are right um so it's just basically trying to get you bring you back to this equilibrium trying to get build balance in the body and make you more resilient so you know so just some to, people just to be clear there man if if someone has had an, an acute accident of some sort yeah that's not necessarily something we resolve through just you know shrugging mm. our shoulders and saying yeah we'll just do mobility and stretching right yeah. it, it, it it might be beyond There's a time that and a place right? if you if you tear your surgery. pec yeah in a in a sufficient way you're going to need surgery yeah. right if you if you're in an accident you may need surgery and mm. if you have huge herniation of your your yeah. discs or they get worn out through massive compressive force through many many years of strength training mm -hmm. doing deadlifting and yeah just going beast mode for years and years and years there's a chance that and that's going to need some work as well yeah but i think these are fringe mm -hmm. and the the majority case mm -hmm. is that we are walking around with aches and pains because we are not addressing good functional movement yeah and suppleness and strength first of our yeah. muscles and that's what i say i say look i'll never ever say to someone don't have an operation never go down that route because like you say sometimes we there's a time and place for us to do that and we need to instead what i say is make sure that is your last last resort make sure you're moving well yeah. and you're strong make sure all these things are correct and, and make sure these things are worked on first and then if you need an operation still 
go down that route. But too many people kind of just go, oh, well, the doctor said, okay, now get referral. Okay, now. And they haven't even looked. They, they've done a scan. They've seen there's some issue there, but they haven't even looked. They, they can see information and whatnot, but they haven't actually looked at the mechanics of the body. They've just... They've just looked at the, the singular joint. And surgery and sounds like a quick fix. As much as it's scary go, oh, okay. and it's risky, it's like I do yeah. that and then I'm fixed, right? Yeah. Well, it might take you a little longer and mm -hmm. it, a little bit more work and you have to own it and you're not going to go and go for this expensive surgery. But as a result, we might get your body working properly again. Yeah, exactly. And and think you're going to build muscle rather than have muscle wastage from sitting in a hospital bed and okay. being out of work and stuff. So... so Last question on the pain piece before we talk about some of the common pain areas. Mm -hmm. um, things such as worn out joints mm -hmm. or tendonitis. Yeah. You know, these are real things, right? You know, how, how do you address that? So if, if someone literally does have a worn out joint, a mm -hmm. worn out joint, whether it's a hip joint or shoulder joint, I, I, I don't know enough about how joints wear and tear, but mm -hmm. it's going to happen, right? As you get older. Yeah. What do you do in those? Do you just accept that that needs, you know, you need a new well, ball and socket or what have you? Well, that's the thing. So what stage are you at? Because usually wear and tear will happen because you've put too much stress on that joint through poor movement mechanics or right. weakness within certain part of the body. So if I've got weak leg muscles and weak hip muscles, I'm going to put a lot more pressure on my joints. I'm going to put a lot more pressure on my hips. I'm going to put a lot more pressure on my knees. So my hips and my knees, they're going to wear out heck of a lot quicker than if I've got strong, mobile joints. And, right, and so if the muscles are there, they'd be taking some of the load. Yeah. And because so, you don't have muscles there in the right places, yeah. all the skeletal bones are having to do more of the work and take more yep. of the pressure. Exactly. Okay. So then it goes, well, what stage are you at? Because is it got too far to the point where you need now a replacement? Or or can you salvage you know, this this joint and, and work on it and get it moving and and become pain-free it just depends what what stage they're at because it might be that it is too late to not have an operation if it's too worn see what i mean so it just but it's understanding why it's worn like why is my hip more because it's not like it's not really necessarily that we're designed wrong it could be that it's just our mechanics it's just the strength and the mobility is not there mm. and it's just created too much stress so my kind of recommendations mm -hmm. for you know, starting to explore and educate this mm -hmm. would be three things. One, probably go and see a chiropractor. Mm -hmm. um, they, in my experience, um, typically have an expansive knowledge just uh, beyond just corrective movement, you know, mm -hmm. corrective tweaks they can do to your body. Usually relatively holistic, or at least good ones are. And they have an understanding of body mechanics and how things are connected to mm -hmm. each other and has potentially alleviate pain, not mm -hmm. just through tweaks, but through corrective exercise. They may work hand in hand with a good PT. In this case, you mm -hmm. are that PT. So yeah. maybe look to source someone with good pedigree around rehab and mobility work. Yeah. And then thirdly, I would go and buy this book. It's a bit of an encyclopedia book, but it's mm -hmm. a, a book called um, The Supple Leopard. I know yeah. you've you've read it, you've read it, or you flick through it yeah. as and when you need. It's a bit of a Bible. By, <laughs> it is a Bible. Yeah. And it's, it, it's about 15, 20 quid, so it's not cheap. But it's by a guy called Kelly Starrett, who um, is very popular if you were to Google him. He's all over YouTube around showing mobility mm -hmm. drills to correct 
pain or imbalances or dysfunction in mm -hmm. exercising. He's great. He seems to know a hell of a lot. He talks through a whole gamut of things you can do from, you know, passive, active and passive stretching to dynamic stretching to myofascial release to, you know, digging balls into certain parts of your body to you kind what? of release them. <laughs> Through to flossing, which is a, a weird. It's not. It's not the, <laughs> it's not the flossing that uh, it's your not kids the flossing dance. Yeah. <laughs> it's what's what's it called? Can you do flossing? Fortnite. It's not the Fortnite <laughs> dance. I can't do it. No, my my kids can. But there's some there's a, there's an active stretching approach called flossing. Yeah. He talks about a whole gamut of things, and it's great because you can go. I've got pain in this area of my body, mm -hmm. and he'll talk about five or six things that you can try mm -hmm. there and then to alleviate immediate pain as well as resolve pain ongoing, as well as understanding why the pain exists in the first place and how the body should move. So it's a great book yeah. if you're dealing with pain. Can we now just switch gears a little and just close on a bit of a quick fire mm -hmm. on the three common areas? I think we touched on them slightly, but hip, knee, back let's start with back super quick if someone's expressing upper back pain it's in kind of the back of the shoulder it might be into the into the trap area into their neck but they're experiencing pain in upper back what do you what would you say where would you go look first i would look at i would always look at the anterior part of the body um and see like what tension there well i would look at their posture and usually you can tell but if if the front of the body is tight their pecs are tight because of the way we we live nowadays, everything is in front of us, like our computer, our desk, you know, when we're driving, our phone, reading, everything, iPad, everything's in front of us, which means we're just hunched over. And we're so you're looking for posture. So, so I'm looking at posture and the okay. tight muscles in the front of the body. That again, what okay. is it? Muscular imbalance, right? It's called an imbalance because now your front of your body is tight and it's much stronger than your length and weakened muscles in the Got back, it. right? Okay. But then that will lead to other dysfunctions like breathing patterns where you start breathing, shallow, shallow breathing, yeah. things like that. Because you're almost crushing yourself, right? When you're sitting there, poor posture at of the course, desk. Yeah. So then you breathe shallow, which means the the muscles in around your ribs get tight, your solar plexus gets tight. You then can't use your shoulders properly. And before you know it, you've either got shoulder pain or you've got back pain or neck mm. pain, you know. So Yeah. And I've had I've had all three actually. Mm. In part because, you know, I, I sit at my desk with poor posture for such a long time during yeah. the day uh, that inevitably I have to deal with some of these things. Yeah. But you're looking, you'd look immediately like, you know, how do they stand? What's mm -hmm. their posture, both seated and standing? Mm -hmm. you'll, you'll look to see if there's any internal rotation of their arms, like mm -hmm. pointing inwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then perhaps then start looking at both mobility yeah. and um tightness of their anterior i.e. their kind of pecs and front shoulders yeah as your first starting point yeah because you i mean you can get quite a good sort of visual assessment on someone when you just just yeah looking at them okay you can look at someone and go okay i can probably tell you work at a desk like most of the time through looking at your posture or i can see that you're slightly off lopsided killed, lopsided uh, right side might be high on your left side and your shoulders, things like that. And I'll kind of do a visual assessment, look for that internal rotation in the arms. And then, yeah, then I'll start doing a movement assessment and then looking at how they move. So can you get your arms above your head and can you retract and squeeze your shoulder blades back together? Um, you know, you know, there's all sorts of moves that you can yeah. do. But like I said, it's just checking if you've got full range of motion and seeing what's going on there. And then, at least in my experience, mm -hmm. the, the 
resolution is a combination of stretching, actively stretching your anterior muscles yeah. combined with strengthening yeah. your posterior muscles like those you know the deltoids and the rhomboids and yeah. the, the you know the the traps if you start strengthening those you're going to do two things you're going to stretch out the chest mm -hmm. the stretching exercises and you're going to strengthen the back so your your posture remains in a better position because yeah. you're correcting as you say this imbalance that's created the pressure exactly so yeah okay. you go you go you this muscular imbalance you're stretch you're doing a stretch strengthening um drill drills to create this muscular imbalance yep um, and then in their movement mechanics checking can they move how how can they pull their shoulder blades back together do they know how to do that because mm. some people only know how to kind of pull their shoulders up to their ears and not actually back down down yeah exactly yeah. so then it's going okay cool now you can move because we've opened up the chest and the shoulder muscles and now there's not as much tension in your upper back you can now strengthen those muscles and get you in a better position but then how aware are you? Can you move into that position and can you engage certain and muscles? Can you stay there? Can you stay there without you... actively thinking about yeah. it? Yeah, because a lot of people are unaware that they're in a bad posture. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. Because you have good awareness of your body, you know when you're in a bad position, you can feel it. Some people can't feel it because they don't know what it's like to be in a good position. Yeah. They don't know what it's like to have their shoulders back and down. So, yeah, that's the third thing. It's it. just making sure. And the Kelly Sterrett book actually starts with posture. That's yeah. how important it is. If, yeah. if you can nail your posture and the awareness of what good looks like mm -hmm. when you both sit and stand, I think that's a big place to start because yeah. it's all about that unconscious awareness that you get to this point that you know if you're in the right or wrong yeah. place and then all of a sudden you know what you need to go correct. So exactly. that, that, that covers the upper back. If we were to hit the knee, we spoke about it briefly, right? Knee pain quite often mm -hmm. is in relation to some kind of localized inflammation or uh, tracking issue of the kneecap. And that is coming from pressure mm -hmm. that could be up or downstream, either within the quads and surrounding muscles attaching from above the kneecap. I do see a lot of people with kneecap issues, but I see a lot of people also with pain and dysfunction elsewhere in the knee as well so okay. like to the sides of the knee behind the knee behind the knee yeah um so and and obviously so i will kind of refer them out and go get a scan and all of that and check there's nothing going on but quite often there's nothing there that comes back and yeah like you say it can just be the tight muscles pulling from muscular imbalance and then looking at the hip and the ankle to check they're moving well enough because that's usually what's causing the muscular imbalance okay all right and in my experience the things that have worked well and i know we there's a whole gamut of things you can go test for. But I found for me, mm -hmm. with seat being seated ahead of a lot, mm -hmm. um, I just generally have quite tight quads. I know I have tight quads because my range of motion yeah. is pretty rubbish. Well, you you sit in this hip, this flexed hip position, right? So exactly, they're they're shortened all day. So for me, my my kind of go to correctional work whenever I get a, a you know a knee pain, it might resurface yeah because i've been looking after myself for a while is i want to do some active stretching of my quads so i want to do kind of lunges i want to do anterior tilt yeah uh, posterior, posterior tilt, tilt yeah. posterior tilt to <laughs> kind of strengthen the quad area i might think about um uh, breaking down the muscle fibers um on a foam roller but doing it in a special technique again described in the kelly starrett book mm -hmm. and on top of that, I then have to just be really mindful of my movement because mm -hmm. I know that if 
not aware, my knees would probably tend to track inwards as I squat and I yeah. lunge, they kind of go in towards the center of my body. And that causes issues with the alignment of the kneecap, at yeah. least in my experience. So that causes a lot of pain. Yeah. So I have to be really, really vigilant. And when I squat and when I lunge, my knees kind of slightly outwards, mm -hmm. slightly going out. So it, it tracks above above my yeah. my foot properly. And yeah. when I do that, that probably is the biggest game changer. Just move correctly, just a little bit of breaking down in the muscle fibers, just so they're loosened up. For me, that works. But as you say, I might have had to look at my hip area. Yeah. Might need to look at my ankle as well. Exactly. And I think um, some people have actually had good results through just strengthening their legs, literally mm. just going, okay, well, and, and sometimes their ankles move well, their hips move well, and they just have knee pain, they can't figure it out. And, that's, and then we they just, we build strength in the legs. Guess what? You've got more structural integrity within that, that yeah. limb or the, the lower extremities. So now your knees aren't taking as much pressure because every time you step, you run, you jump, you twist, your muscles can take that action rather than your joints. So I, th I think you're bang on strength, a good deliberate strength training yeah. program where you're allowing that individual through time to get through more advanced ranges of motion with the weight loaded. Is yeah. The best thing, best thing you can do. I totally agree. Hence, you, hence, you know, from my experience and many others, you know, doing squatting and deadlifting and good mornings and, you know, these things that are, you know, really flexing, you know, the knee and hip joint with careful, deliberate form. Mm -hmm. It's probably the best thing you can do for all of these joints that we're talking about because yeah. you're strengthening all of the musculature attaching from your back into your hips, your glutes, your quads. Yeah. All of that's getting worked and hey that's generally gonna lead to better results exactly and i got think it. if you've got a, a weaker body like if you if you haven't if you haven't got a strong body then your joints are going to have much more pain it's going to have much more pressure through your joints you're much going to be that much more unstable so just having like say a good strength program get your body strong work all your all your muscles not just your big prime movers but yeah. all of the muscles in your body and you will be that much more stable and you won't have as much pressure on the joints let's close on the hips very briefly yeah um because i think there's the elephant in the room when it comes to weak muscles mm -hmm. on on a body and for me i don't know i think this is a pretty modern day problem mm -hmm. but we all seem to have very weak glutes Mm -hmm. or people that are not deliberately training you know we're sitting down for long periods of time we're not actively trying to activate the glutes and as a result if you've got weak glutes your posture is going to naturally not sit as straight as it should um you're going to have less strength to keep your knees out when you kind of move through ranges of motion squats and lunges mm -hmm. um and it's a it's a primary mover of your mm -hmm. hips right yeah, you've got a couple, you know, you've got some muscles that attach from the front part of your hips, but the biggest muscles in your body, the gluteus maximus, these things are, you know, primary drivers Powerhouse. for most of our movement and yeah. stability. And I think, generally speaking, we, as a society, a lot of people suffer with a lack of connection to their glutes. Like they can't feel them when you ask them to tighten them when they try and squat. And they're generally quite weak. Mm -hmm. So when we think about hips, my initial thought is are your glutes strong enough mm. let's see if you can activate your glutes when i ask you to let's see if you can feel them when i get you into a, a deep position i would start there and i know for me that was a big big 
big change in my strength and function and general kind of pain-free body is getting my glutes sufficiently strong mm -hmm. to support the rest of the movements I'm doing. If you think of like what the core muscles are, so when we talk about the core, most people think of like abs, you know, as the obvious one, but glutes are very, very vital. They're very important muscles for your core stability. They are part of your core muscles because they stabilize the pelvis, which means you then have your lumbar, your lower spine is going to be much more stable, right? Yeah. Um, so if you've got weak glutes, you're, you're probably going to have some sort of hip or lower back pain. Um, so it is so important to build these big, strong, powerful glutes. Yeah, because lower they're designed... back pain as well, as you say. I mean, that, that's yeah. typically going to come from glutes as well, right? Yeah, like a lot of people will go, my back hurts. And I and I have a look and then I go, well, actually, it's not your, your back like you think it is. Yes, it's, it's the top part of your glutes. It's your glutes, right? Yeah. And then... Although, yes, that's kind of like your lower back, but they think it's, they don't think of it as the glutes, if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. So they think, uh oh, something's really gone wrong here. My lower back hurts. And I say, well, actually, I think you're just overstressing this muscle or it's tight because it's weak or whatever. And then we end up kind of doing sort of my fascia release on it, getting hips moving. That muscle yields and lets go and loosens off and suddenly the back pain goes and actually it was the glutes and then i go right now we need to look at strengthening your glutes yeah because otherwise that's going to keep reoccurring so this uh this trend of you know the booty and you know people trying to get yeah. big juicy butts <laughs> whilst i think you know there's a lot of people give thumbs up to that a lot of guys and girls yeah um i think there's something in it that's it's clearly attractive for a reason because you know attractiveness is an expression of health Mm. right you know um if someone is in good shape it's an expression of health and typically they're yeah. attractive and i think having good glutes is both attractive yeah, and sure. incredibly functional yeah um, and then lastly on these on the hips if you've got tight front parts of your hips especially say if you're going down into a deep squat and it just hurts at the front part mm -hmm. uh, almost into the quads there's a good chance you've got tight hip flexors again common if you're chronically sitting down not actively thinking about your posture not ever really stretching that part of your body and for women um, they can also suffer with some gapping of their pubic bone once they've had children and as a result of that your body's trying to protect that gap from widening by mm -hmm. kind of tightening like steel rods the kind of inner adductor type areas of the mm -hmm. thighs so those muscles might need to be relaxed and you you can do various things to relax those stretch their myofascial release um, but again, it comes down to there's an imbalance. Mm. They're gripping on, they're holding tight and therefore causing pain when you move. Yeah. So we need to re relieve that tension, relieve that pressure, understand where it's coming from and create some more balance front to back. Yeah. Guys, if you've got weak glutes, please don't go on Instagram, follow these bloody <laughs> girls that are doing all these... 101 glute exercises and a lot of their squats are oh in bad God. form right even it, though they, they might look attractive it pisses me off because you know, some they've of got them, their kind of yeah. duck bums and it's just like that's not particularly healthy right to yeah well like that. You, sometimes you see like they're obviously genetically lucky because they have this big round <laughs> bum that looks really athletic and powerful and nice but then they're like doing these donkey kicks and they're like kicking their leg in the air frantically and like arching the back oh, oh my god this is not this is not how you train your glutes yeah 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 um 
but no i think like training your glutes is super super important because they are just an important muscle that we sit on all day and they can become, and it just numb it just becomes numb doesn't yeah, it it just, it just turns lazy off. yeah turns it becomes off. lazy unstimulated so yeah i mean if, if you're not quite sure how to do that then finding someone that that can run you through that is definitely a must my so. recommendation is go and get a book called stronger curves by brett Contreras, yeah, who's also sure. yes. known as glute guy yeah and he's a, a credible evidence-based researcher and personal yeah. trainer he's very popular he's over in the states i think he's actually uh he's a kiwi but i think is he? he is i think oh, okay. he is uh, hopefully i haven't got that wrong or maybe he lived in new zealand but he's now in the states mm-hmm. he's got the glute lab he's he's created the hip thrust as an exercise pretty much by himself and he's created a few different pieces of machinery that you can use in the gym that That's amazing because i mean that are his that, creation he's he's a great guy and he's he's doing wonders for for the, <laughs> Instagram. For the bums yeah, yeah. Well, exactly but that goes to show how important those that those muscles are because yeah. like he he specializes in it right spent his whole life you know thinking about and researching and working out how to train them, not just for the aesthetics, but yeah. generally for posture and for sure. health and safety. 100%. Cool. All righty, Bryn. Listen, guys, uh, thank you for listening. Hopefully you found this useful. If you want to discuss this any further, you can get through to us on the Facebook page or hit us up on Instagram. And for now, it's just left for me to say Adaptation is all about providing you with the tools and expert knowledge to help you improve and optimize your strength, health and mindset inside and out thank you guys cheers if you enjoy this show please leave us a five-star review on itunes it really helps and of course recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the show thanks for listening this is adapt nation